One third of Australian students cannot read properly. I feel like that bears repeating. A third of Australian students cannot read properly. That's according to a major review by the Grattan Institute, which argues that children are being failed by an education system persisting with discredited theories about how to teach literacy. It means more than a million children who go on in life, perhaps unable to read a book properly, with massive flow-on effects, of course, for their education, their ability to get a job, to contribute to society, and to really just complete the most basic of tasks. I mean, it could be you, it could be your child, it could be your friend or co-worker or employee. Grattan tallies the economic cost of this failure at $40 billion and reports that beyond that, students who cannot read proficiently are more likely to fall behind, be unemployed and even jailed in later life. I'd love to hear your thoughts on literacy in this nation. Perhaps you fondly reminisce the ways you were taught to read and write in your school days. What techniques do you think need to be revived? 0418 And tell me about whether or not you've noticed this overall decline in your workplace or amongst your young ones. If you're a teacher or a parent and uh, working uh, around children, if you noticed this overall decline, is it something that you've got some easy solutions for? Of course, the solutions may not always be easy, but let's focus on those solutions because the productivity loss is massive. Unbelievable, really. $40 $40 billion, 0418 Have you noticed this overall decline in the standard of literacy in this country? Uh, joining me now is Monan uh, Dahl, the CEO of the Australian Tutoring Association. Also joining uh, is Pamela Snow, a professor of cognitive psychology at La Trobe University. And Sarah Assom is the principal of uh, Bentley West Primary School. Welcome to you all. Thank you, Andy. Thank, Thank you. you. Andy? I want to start with you first, Mohan. In, in the classroom, what sort of literacy levels are you seeing in kids? And is it worse now than it was before? Uh, yes, the literacy levels have definitely declined over time. And I see the most in the secondary school level and also at university. The issue is we talk about kids unable to read, but that actually also means they're unable to write. And it means they're unable to decipher or decode, and it means they're unable to form an argument. So the effects that I see are in all subject areas other than English as well, where the impact is on their capacity to learn, to understand, to interrogate data, and to make meaningful discussion about it and interrogate it. So it then becomes a really big issue that's amplified and the gaps only increase over time. That That's a good point because I think it's a snowballing effect. You get uh, incremental uh, gaps in a student's uh, learning at primary school and then secondary and then tertiary education. Sarah, uh, you're a, pr- um, a, a principal of, of uh, Bentley West Primary School. Is this what you're seeing in your classroom environments? Um, It's certainly not what we're seeing because we teach by explicit direct instruction and have been on a change model for about nine years and we've seen some very positive impacts with that teaching methodology. Um, Sorry, explain that in in terms uh, that non-educators can understand. What do you mean by that? Um, So we teach structured literacy. So it means we do teach very explicitly phonics, spelling, grammar and punctuation, writing, morphology, so the meaning behind words um, and really break those down. So it's very scaffolded learning. Um, They get lots of repetition and get lots of um, review. Um, so they don't forget things and they move on, they move on. So we do, we've seen a big increase in our literacy results and our numeracy actually as well. Um, 
with those students. Interesting you raised phonics. That's something that's come up on the text line a lot this afternoon. Julie says it's phonics, uh, exclamation mark. She knows how to uh, punctuate her point. Uh, she says this appalling situation has come about because teachers, schools and education department bureaucrats would not listen to parents who have been saying this for years, that current methods are not working and general literacy is headed south at a rate of knots. I know because I'm one of them and I'm so angry and sad uh, at what has been done to a generation of children. I, mean, I don't think Julie's using hyperbole here in terms of the flow on effects for um, the life and the, uh, the quality of life that uh, some of these uh, students may uh, be suffering as a result. Pamela Snow, this report from Grattan identifies a bit of a battle between different schools of thought, uh, excuse the pun, between a focus on what's called structural literacy, as Sarah just mentioned, uh, but also balanced literacy. What is the difference between these two approaches? Um, thanks, Andy. Balanced literacy really evolved out of whole language, which is a discredited approach to teaching reading that came out of America in the 1970s and 1980s. Um, once it was discredited, it morphed into something called balanced literacy. Unfortunately, it's let a lot of children down. Um, structured explicit literacy teaching is what's recommended by this Grattan Institute report, um, and that ensures that all children get across the bridge to proficient reading in the first three years of school. I just want to come back to you, Sarah. We had a discussion last week uh, as schools were going back uh, around the, the country with this idea that certainly for teachers, there is this very top-down model, at least in some state and territory depart departments of education, where there's no creativity in the teaching environment for teachers. Is that at odds with a, a kind of more formulated uh, I don't know, results-based process which these kinds of methods are, are eschewing, this idea that everyone should leave school with a certain degree uh, of, of proficiency when it comes to literacy and, uh, and numeracy as well? Um, yeah, we've certainly done a lot of work in that space and we've done a lot of work in mapping out curriculum documents to take that load away from teachers so that they really can focus on how they're going to deliver the, the content as opposed to working out what's got to be delivered. Um, and our teachers have really, really relished that because then they can really focus on the craft. Um, and it means that they, you know, our students have we, what we say is no floors, no ceilings, so the bare minimum where the students will get to. But we've got a lot of high achieving students because of that. Um, and we've also seen a big reduction in behaviours as well because it, the, the, the way it's structured and the day is set out, we've seen a really increase in, in the positive behaviours at school. That is interesting because that's another thing that uh, teachers are red hot on my text line about, the uh, decline in uh, behavioural standards and whether or not you've got uh, kids that are just disengaged with the teaching which is leading to those outcomes. I just want to come back to Pamela briefly. I mean, this idea that uh, the Grattan Institute talks about this $40 billion of lost productivity. I mean, that's the headline, but really the fine print is uh, the impact on children's education and life of not um, understanding or being proficient in literacy. What, what does the research tell us about the impact on children's lives? Well, the Gretton report, Andy, refers to a preventable tragedy and that's absolutely how we should be thinking about this. We need to be thinking like public health practitioners and ways of preventing catastrophe for the largest number of people in a population, building better fences at the top of the cliff and not having to spend more and more money on the ambulances at the bottom of the cliff. So as the report articulates, we're talking about behaviour issues, mental health problems, unstable housing, un 
unstable employment. These consequences last for decades. They're lifespan issues. They're not just issues for this term or this year at school. Mohan, it, it sort of boggles the mind that if there is scientific data showing that this structured literacy teaching approach is better, why aren't we doing it? I mean, do we need to have a more standardised approach to this like in the curriculum or are there solutions that we could be looking at? Look, I uh, tend to agree with you. Absolutely, there should be a structured approach and I think the phonics approach is the best. It's evidence-based and in education we always look for evidence-based uh, reasons for uh, what to do teachers and also tutors. What I find in training teachers is that if they're not English teachers, they see the literacy problem being vested with the English teachers. And I say, but if you're teaching science, you're teaching HSRE, or you're teaching maths, there's a literacy component that you need to be aware of. And so every teacher needs to know phonics. All of them need to be trained and have professional development around it. And they can't simply defer to other teachers or parents or someone else to do it. And I think that's always the best approach where all staff are well-trained, can identify issues. The other thing I'd like to see more of is kids reading out loud. Increasingly in classrooms with technology, kids read silently, and there's an assumption that they're reading and understanding. And when you ask them to read out loud, we're told, oh, but classrooms aren't safe for kids to, to read. They shouldn't be exposed or embarrassed. And I'm thinking, well, what sort of classroom do you have where kids don't feel safe enough to read out loud? change that aspect and make them read and then address reading issues as they arise. That is such an interesting point. I mean, I remember visiting a American high school whilst I was in year seven and the performative elements of their education system was just markedly different to ours in terms of standing up and uh, delivering or orating really. Uh, maybe it's something to do with the American uh, form of confidence. Pamela, just coming back to you, it's clear that some schools and jurisdictions are teaching literacy well. Sarah's Correct. school in Bentley uh, sounds like a good example of that. Correct. What's it going to take for the rest of the country to get on board? Um, well, we need to not have these bottom-up islands of good practice and just waiting patiently for them to join up. We need top-down policy that supports what's happening in classrooms. Mohan rightly, and I agree wholeheartedly with his sentiments, refers to phonics and the importance of phonics, but every teacher in every classroom will say that they teach phonics. The problem is there's phonics and phonics. Some phonics instruction is way more systematic and explicit and effective than other kinds of more incidental, embedded, light-touch phonics. So we need teachers who have got a very detailed knowledge about how their writing system works and why it works the way that it does. And that's what we're finding is transformational at La Trobe University with our um, La Trobe, uh, Solar Lab short course Courses that we've had more than 10,000 teachers do now, they say, now we understand how our writing system works. We can take this information and use it in our schools straight away. So we need the policy makers, the jurisdictional leaders, the school leaders, the classroom teachers to have joined up thinking in the interests of children and to put it their own ideological preferences to one side. Joined up thinking. That's going to be my new phrase. I like that. I think we need a lot more joined up thinking, particularly in the federated model that we have in this country. Uh, we're out of time. Fascinating to get all of your insights. Mohan Dahl is the CEO of the Australian Tutoring Association. Pamela Snow, a professor of cognitive psychology at La Trobe Uni. And Sarah Assom is the principal of Bentley West Primary School. Thank you so much for all your time. 
ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.